Why do we do it? Why do we watch horror films and read horror novels and play horror video games? Stick around. Pain. Not the pain. The pain of being dead. I can feel myself rot. It's reading right, man. Look, you're not reading it right. Um. Welcome back, everybody, to Video Dread, a podcast where we talk about horror movies. Sometimes we regurgitate them back. And this week, actually, we have an interview, a guest, a very special man to us, Eddie Garcia. He is a journalist, a musician, and many other things as a father. And what else are you, Eddie? Uh, I'm a, a, a pool boy. <laughs> The best pool boy that you'll ever have. I'm so a, if you feel the need to have a wonderful pool cleaning, then contact Eddie Garcia. No, his pool cleaning was bullshit. He just looked hot all day. He didn't clean a damn thing. I just got that nickname, pool boy. He's a poser pool cleaner, so don't call him, or do call him, if you just want a handsome man not cleaning your pool. <laughs> exactly. I'm Daniel, as always. I'm Dustin. And I'm Andy, as always. Or most of the time. As we have interviews, we are going to let the guest pick our movie of the week. So this week we picked Censor, which we will get into later. But first off, we're going to kind of get with Eddie and talk to him about his past with horror and exactly what brought him in here. Oh, boy. So, yeah, Eddie, uh, do you happen to remember, like, your first horror movie or what got you into horror? Sure. I tend to go on, so apologies in advance. I can remember the first two (laughs) horrific things on film I saw, and I was way too young. Um, My mom took me to the drive-in to see Conan the Barbarian. Nice. I haven't checked the years. That came out maybe 82, I think. So I was like four or five. Four. Okay. Um, And I distinctly remember the uh, uh, Conan's mother's head being cut off damn <laughs> now we should have i don't think my mom my mom didn't leave and i brought this to her up through the years She's like why did we we stay she's like i don't know we knew the i knew the comic book i'm like what but it was an r-rated coda movie she's like i didn't know it was going to be like that but we didn't leave so i remember that <laughs> um and then i go this isn't a film but i remember something on television and maybe it's all twilight zone episode or something it was black and white there was a skull there were snakes coming out of it and some smoke, and you could get 3D glasses from like the 7-Eleven. I lived in New York um, for that, and I remember it freaked me out. So that's those aren't movies. Well, Conan's a movie, but those are the images I remember. But you were like, "This is really cool. I want to see more stuff like that." Well, or? I wasn't. I think I was too young to make that realization. But once I, a couple years later, once I did, you know, kind of start seeing horror movies, I always just had this instant connection to it i i yeah, that was your spark essentially i guess those were the spark but i think the first one i ever saw was when a babysitter who was subsequently fired uh <laughs> <laughs> i like how you but, paused you're like fire there was an incident there was some ugliness god i loved her but <laughs> well she, she was fired because i mean this is amazing right because she let me watch this double feature on hbo my mom was working at Ben Ben's Italian restaurant. Let me just say real quick, HBO did it for me too. Yeah, you saw all the craziest there. shit on there. And we but lived with daytime my... HBO. Like they didn't give a shit. They would show whatever. <laughs> no, they did it. And we lived with my grandmother, and she had cable and had HBO, had all the stuff. So I remember distinctly this double feature 
and I was in, if not, I think I was in second grade, second or third grade, I think second. Uh, it was Purple Rain and Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh wow! Jesus <laughs> Christ, that is a night, right? <laughs> I learned a, day, a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of emotions and feelings. Like both of those movies will change your life. I'm sexually confused and really scared right now. Yeah, well, it's weird. It's like my life has kind of been, in some ways, a lot of it about like music and about movies of different kinds and horror movies and stuff. And like that, that pivotal, like night was kind of pivotal. I saw like Prince movie and Freddy Krueger for the first time. It's kind of crazy. That's not a bad, that's not a bad uh, double feature. <laughs> so, did your mom come home to seeing you watching it or did you just tell her later? This is what I don't remember, but you know that thing when your kid, like, yeah, I somehow wound up telling her, or there was some sort of hint. I think, and I'm not saying like this, I'm the best boy of all time. I've never had, I've never been good with like hanging on to like a lie or something like that. And I, I remember even getting a ticket when I was in high school, and like, I wound up just like, I, you know, I got tired of like getting the lawyer letters out of the mailbox. You know what I mean? I was oh, probably yeah. told. Anyway, but I, I think I somehow wound up, it was, became known that I saw those movies and she got rid of the. The babysitter. What's yeah. weird though is that my mom then never didn't really keep me from watching horror movies because I can remember having like sleepovers in fourth grade, fifth grade, and we just go to the video store and I'm just writing sleepaway camp Friday thirteenth, like just like all it's all horror movies all the time, and she didn't really censor. The only thing I realize you didn't ask me about my mother, but I'm talking about my mother. The only <laughs> movies she never let me saw, which I had to wait till I was like really older and like really getting my own stuff or spending hours upon hours at people's houses was Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Hellraiser. I remember Texas Chainsaw Massacre she said was like just too violent and crazy. I don't even know if she ever saw it. She just heard about it. You know, it was so notorious in the 70s. And Hellraiser, I remember she said, she's like, I don't like that it mixes sex and violence and pleasure and pain. So I guess she had seen it and she was like, I don't want my kids seeing that. That's rad. Those are two brutal movies though for a kid to see. But, oh yeah. It's like, but mom, you're missing the narrative. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> There's a moral the story here. <laughs> Nobody I read the book. Come on, Hellbound Heart. Jeez. No, but I was way into. It. I mean, I was definitely the kid with like Freddy Krueger mask and you know drawing Freddy in third grade and like my mom being called in and stuff. I'm fine, you know. But, like there were. <laughs> I bet you did. Good man. <laughs> there were concerns. Uh, <laughs> it's such a horror has such a like ambiance, a feeling to it. I guess Andy, you, you call it a spark. I guess maybe, but. Yeah, pretty much. I think it's a good the memory that does stick with you the longest because you can always remember the first time that it's like going to the video for the first, video store for the first time and you see that cover of the video and you're walking past it real slow when you're a kid and you're not supposed to be in that section and you don't know what it is and I can still close my eyes and see that and be like I don't, I'm scared of that but I want to know more about it. Right. Yeah. It's like I remember. Uh, it's like it's it, it's intriguing. It was like that chopping mall poster that was in shows to go my whole life when I was growing up. It was just always so there. Good. You, know? Yeah. You, you know the one video that always intrigued me, but I finally saw it and it was fucking horseshit. <laughs> was the witchcraft series? Do you remember that? I always had the oh, woman on man. it, and she was like by a pentagram, and she was you know it was always very sensual, oh, it was like erotic. Kind yeah, of, <laughs> and I yeah. was like, this is just softcore porn. Yeah, like, it was softcore. Yeah, it was very it like a fucking a red like a. a bootleg Molly Crew poster you would get at Myrtle <laughs> yeah, Beach. Right? You're like, that's rad. And you're like, this sucks. Yep. So what about your 
let's say okay, saying you have a, a favorite movie is is a hard thing. Especially the older we get. Yeah, the older you well, get. Well, do you Ooh, have boy. maybe we could break it up into parts of your life, like maybe yeah. a childhood favorite, and then maybe a favorite of yours from let's say the past ten years. Sure. Yeah. So go with what is your favorite childhood horror film? My favorite childhood horror film. Childhood, childhood. Adolescence. Adolescence. Oh God, so rough. Because like, you so always hard. have that one or two that affect you. Like yeah. me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was it forever, right? I think it was The Shining. That's a good one. Yeah, we'll I, do it. I love The Shining, and I know it's so it's so much about atmosphere and vibe, and it's weird though because it's like. I somehow liked it, even though it's slow, you know, of course, but it has that sense of dread. Like, it just, like, it was, like, crazy glue to me when I first saw that as a kid. And I've seen that movie, I don't know how many times, you know, at home, in theaters when they've shown it. Like, um, that, that that's one that really, like, I think, like, sort of affected me in a different, in a different way. I say that to say, because I think I've seen it more than any others. I mean, when I was a kid kid, I mean, it was Nightmare on Elm Street all day long. I mean, forget it. I mean, it was just Freddy Krueger was everything. He was it might so be more of a fun conversation. But I mean, yeah. Freddy, it, it's weird to think about how Freddy was such a icon, like almost like in a Bart Simpson kind of way. Right. He became a everywhere. meme of himself, basically, eventually. Yeah. It became a joke. But it also, I think, introduced... I know me and a lot of people to like those movies are like surreal, like all the dream like logic and all that kind of stuff. I always think that like that was like a gateway into getting into like David Lynch or getting into like surrealist painters and stuff. Like for me, I feel like it comes from Nightmare on Elm Street. That was a, a terrifying premise. You go to sleep, and there he is. Right. I was I was scared shitless to go to sleep at some points. Yeah, you're childhood. you're vulnerable. You're like yeah. you're like okay, I'm asleep. What do I do? I'll, I guess I'll just die. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What about uh, as you've progressed through your life, what's stuck out to you more? A couple ones that stuck out. I think when I got became an older teenager, um, some of like the fun gore ones I was definitely I got into. You know, like Dead Alive, Evil Dead, that kind of stuff. Dead Alive, I think, is Stone Cold or Brain Dead, whichever you know title I prefer. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that stuff is just phenomenal. Just like the the artistry of the gore and the humor and just the just the just the fast pace of all that kind of stuff um yeah i i feel like the 2000s i didn't watch a lot of horror 2000s were kind of a weak spot i feel the same way yeah i i would watch revival i remember i would have like ho- like halloween parties and do like the pick five movies invite friends over kind of thing you know but yeah. it would be older movies generally um I'm really going a roundabout way answering your question. No, um, no this is fine. But for no, more, this is great, dude. But for more modern, well, one's old, but I'm gonna tell you why I'm saying it modern. I realized five years ago, this is an old movie I only finally saw five years ago, that I had somehow never seen the goddamn thing all the way through. Wait, I don't wait, understand the, how the uh, carpenter, the carpenter. Oh, buddy, yes. I, I had I'm glad you did though. I had seen the images, of course, in Fangoria, and I had seen clips and stuff. And it's I realize I have never seen the thing, and now that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, it it's is the best. So good. It is so good. It's so serious, and and the gore is so over the top, and the music and everything is just perfect. I it's think we've talked movie. about the gore in that film before, and how disturbing it feels when you first see it. Yeah. Like when his his uh, chest caves in, 
Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I've never seen shit like this. This is And insane. you can hear the gore. Yeah. Like, you can hear it. That's the yes. best part about it. Not only do you see it, you can hear it, and you can almost like feel it on your fucking hands and your arms. Yeah, and, and also there's the tension. You don't know who's who. You can't trust anybody, yeah. right? Um, it's a great horror movie, and I love whenever I end up discovering some horror movie everybody else has seen but me, uh-huh. but it's like way, way later, and I'm like... I feel like a dumbass for having waited so long, but still, it's also wow. This is really cool yes. to experience something, you know, that's great. Even though, because there's not really a lot that's good, you know. Right, that's now. true. So there's you have to look for some some gems. Yeah, I've watched it like twice a year since then. I think I'm just like I oh, popped it. In. I mean, it just did a couple of months ago. You know, I got like a newer Blu-ray of it. I'm like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> that's rad. Uh, and the last two things I'll mention The Fly is another big one but I feel like that's as much of a drama as anything else I know it's two remakes but they're like two of the best remakes of all time Jeff Goldblum Fly so Cronenberg so, Cronenberg tragically sad ending so many Tragic. messages and um, things in that Jesus Christ it's a lot what do you think about The Fly 2 mm. um, when I was a kid <laughs> is the Eric Stoltz one yeah mm-hmm. and uh, Daphne Z- Zinnega Zinnega who's in yeah. it like Melrose Place clearly I've seen it right um, <laughs> I mean it was fine when I was a kid because it was like just another horror movie because I would my friend Josh Clevenger like he would just have stuff taped I don't know if you guys had a friend like this but like he would just have like stacks and stacks of blank videos and like tape hours of movies off of HBO oh I was like, that oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so like that yeah. would be that would wind up being on one we're all just hanging out like eating chips for four hours and you know, like so, we'd watch The Fly too. In hindsight, I've never wanted to watch it as an adult. And The Fly, <laughs> I watch every couple of years. Oh no, I love The Fly. Okay, that's yeah. you know, undebatable, a fantastic movie. But maybe it's just because I haven't seen it in a while. But I really remember liking The Fly too. I know it doesn't compare to the first one, the original mm-hmm. at all. But I still like it. I don't think, as far as sequels go, it's not a bad one. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, The Fly too could be a lot worse. I th- I think of the element of you add Eric Stoltz into it. And I like Eric Stoltz a whole lot. He's mm-hmm. great. But just the overlying story of what they're trying to do, like with the whole trying to recruit you know, the soldier, creature, children, whatever, it, it makes it more fun. I mean, definitely not as interesting as the first one. But, I mean, it's 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 good for a one watch. Yeah. It's not terrible. I've definitely seen way worse fucking sequels to really great movies. Oh, I'm sorry. I've took this whole thing off on a tangent when we haven't even talked about the movie we're going to get into. Oh, no, but, no, it's fine. Not to stay on the fly too forever, but like, <laughs> what I remember, wasn't it like he aged really rapidly or something? They gave him something to age him rapidly. I believe they kept injecting him something to age him because they wanted him to, I, I don't know, be old enough. I, maybe he was just aging rapidly on his own. I don't know why they were giving him the shots though. It was really they were weird. making he, them like they were making like super soldiers or something. No, they, you're wrong about that. They were not making. Am I wrong? Yes. If I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. No, it's been like what they want, all they movie. wanted was him to fight. They kind of almost. <laughs> cloned Jeff Goldblum and wanted him mm. to continue his father's work, mm. but they want they sped it up somehow. So that I mean, we have to rewatch the movie to we be have able to, to really understand talk about that. It. But like in my head, it's like he's like ten and he sleeps with her basically. But he's a grown oh up, yeah no, it's 10. like he's Jack. Is uh, there something but, weird like? Oh Jack. no, yeah he. <laughs> yeah, the Fly Two is actually the prequel to Jack, um, but um, <laughs> but yeah no he forty eight years old he uh, yeah he ages rapidly. He's super smart even though he's you know, kind of still a child, 
but he, you know, he gets to a certain age where they give him, like, all of his father's old work, and they're like, fix the telepods. That's what they want. They're not trying to create super soldiers, but they are experimenting on animals, and that's when they kill his dog, and that he hates him. It, like, turns him into muck, basically. Apparently that Going, kid is Jeff Goldblum's son. Damn. Oh, yes. Dang. Uh, oh, it still had the kid. They had the kid, and now he's the main character. Yeah, that, at the beginning... She he uh they have the birth sequence and he comes out and as a larva, like <laughs> they, like in the dream sequence in part one. No, no, oh, is that in part one? Yeah, it's oh. a, it's like a nightmare sequence. Oh, well, like right at the end. Okay, yeah. well I'm mixing them up then. But anyways, yeah, they're not creating super soldiers. They they uh they just want him to fix the telepods. That's all they want him to do is to get get it right and. As he's doing so, he does the same thing. When he gets in the telepod, it kind of uh, opens up that fly gene and starts to mutate him. And uh, at the same time, he's fallen in love with this girl that works at the facility. They're sneaking off, hooking up, and they find out about it. She tries to take him away. Meanwhile, he's like going through a metamorphosis until he becomes like the cool version of the fly. Like It's pretty badass to me. He's like I'm just a massive fly and he's shooting the vomit at people melting them and stuff <laughs> and wait wait what movie are we doing the fly too oh sorry that, that, <laughs> fly gene. Welcome to the fly about, too right? tell me that fly gene hygiene yeah that's what happens when you open your fly genes you just start fucking falling in love with people but, that are yeah. experimenting on you well, we clearly need to do something on fly too and definitely need to see it again we gotta see the oh, fly. we could do a double double one yeah let's fly do it let's pull an all nighter we'll put it on the list for the sure the fly too is not bad damn it I'm sticking by that but Anyways, You're so bad. Calm so down. I'm not talking crap about the, the fly thing, too. The fly, it's but have has there been anything to come out in the last ten years that you really, really liked? Yes, and I'll try not to cheat on this one. I keep on just giving multiple answers for everyone. There's so many good horror movies in the past ten years. I think. I mean, I'm not the obviously not the first person to say this, but I think we're in kind of a really cool horror renaissance. Like, you know, I know some people try to dub them as elevated horror, art house horror, whatever. There's like a lot of great horror movies that have come out. Fully agree. Um, just every year. And we're going to talk about one tonight, I think. Um, but uh, Hereditary. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely... The Hereditary is five stars all day long. Fucking rad. The score is experimental and perfect. It's, you know, the, the thing that happens 30 minutes in, if you don't know, it's like, what the hell? The whole movie is filled with just such dread. Speaking of video dread, just feels <laughs> like just such grief grieving heavy stuff and then it gets supernatural it gets freaking insane and it goes way over the top uh i know some people i've argued with friends about the ending how they're explaining everything too much i'm like no that's great i'm like the movie becomes so freaking satanic for a wide release movie i think it's great when the first time i saw it i remember the movie theater experience of seeing hereditary so much because i it you know, you go to the movies all the time. You're like, oh, I saw the movie. By the time when you remember how the audience felt when you're watching it, this is one of those rare ones. What I remember when the the event that happens 30 minutes in, I've never heard like a movie theater just be so silent. I've heard some people sniffling and shit because it's so unexpected, right? But then this is kind of hilarious. At the very at the end, this is not spoiler, right? It's hereditary. This has been out what yeah, four, yeah. four years or something at this point. Spoil away because you should have seen it by now. Yeah, uh, it's. You know, at the end, once they're talking about Paimon and all that stuff, and they're all they're having like the ceremony in like the the treehouse or whatever. As soon as I mean, this is like two a minute before it ends. As soon as the woman is like, 
I renounce God and all this. This woman in front of me just picked up her stuff and ran right out. Dude. <laughs> it's, in my, it's in my mind. I have to get out. That's the point leave. that she chose. Wait, at that point, she left. I remember, and Ella was with me. It was all another story. Uh, we just we all started dying. It sort of took us out of it. It's like, wait, that's when it got too hardcore for you. As soon as they said, what about this, when she was sawing her head off? Yeah, what or... about that? It was <laughs> yeah, it was just saying in a film, I renounce God. Um, I had a similar experience when I saw The Witch. Like, oh, oh, yeah, no, it was at the Grand, and at various points, people just started leaving. It was like, I don't know if it was too scary or too satanic or what. It was just like, and it wasn't an old lady. It was like young, younger guys. That, yeah. I think they probably were bored. That is a slow movie, and I think you have to stick with it. That movie's a vibe. But it was sure. always but, at yeah, some point good. where it was like, this is creepy. Like When the crow's pecking Yeah, at. no, that was, uh, that was one of the parts. Yeah. When the boy uh, dies, like that was another one. It, but yeah, I've been to other movies where people have walked out, but not as grand as that. That I mean, and that's at the end of the movie. Why not that's just stay? <laughs> yeah. That's like two minutes. Yeah, it's right there at the end. She yeah. was like, "Nope." <laughs> oh, whenever yeah, they say the we reject the Trinity. That's what it was. I'm sorry to renounce God. We reject the Trinity. That was it. I just watched it like a week ago. So. <laughs> Said the word Trinity. She was out of there. She's uh-uh, definitely nope. Catholic. Like, no, yeah. it's in my mind. It's making me change. I can feel different now. I have to leave. Gotta get to Chick-fil-A. Gotta figure it out. So I love that movie. I've seen it a number of times. I have this, you know, an LP of the score by Colin Stetson. Who I, I love him. Weird saxophone stuff he does. Weird oh. looping. and Yeah, that last track, Reborn. Oh, God. God it's so good. Yeah, so good. Man, y'all are fucking gluttons for punishment. That shit would scare me if I was listening to it by myself. There's no way I would sit down here in this basement and listen to that with any kind of darkness. <laughs> I have reborn on like multiple like mixes. Sometimes. Oh, that's awesome, <laughs> dude! It's, oh, good. Shit, it's good. Dude. It's so weird and bizarre. It changes in the yeah. it's multi songs, multiple songs in one. You know, to me, but yeah, uh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, that's a that's a great film. That director, I mean, he's something else to watch out for too. Obviously, he made Midsommar, which is really good. And like, I don't, yeah, you know, he says he's not necessarily sticking in horror, but I'll watch you know anything he does. He's uh, producing Aster. a short, a claymation short, I think. Oh, really? It might be puppets. I think puppets. Actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it looks so. cool. I mean, from the still I've seen. But uh, looks like a tool he's all, video. You know, his next movie, Disappointment Boulevard, Walking Phoenix. Yeah, it, right? right. So, but you know, I, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've read interviews where he's like, "Oh, I've never made a horror movie. This Hereditary is a family film, and uh, Midsommar is a breakup movie." See, I've I've heard that too. But then, like, A24 has a podcast they do it occasionally, and him and Eggers, who did The Witch and The Lighthouse, that episode that's them talking. So, of course. I listen to that. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, Andy just did the jerk off motion uh, for people who can't see. So I think he Ariaster seemed to kind of like he walked that back slightly. I think he was kind of like, yeah, I realize they're like hard movies, but like I, th- I think that's sort of a playful sort of like because they are these other things, definitely, right? right? Like that is a movie about grief and family, and Midsommar is about a broken up relationship. It's like, but you know, they, they're hard movies too. They are. <laughs> do, you, do you remember seeing Miss Omar and we ended up sitting beside of each other at right. Aperture? Uh, the, we sat the beside each other yeah. and the, the appetite, the smallest one, had to sit right up front. The showing was like at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. It's a three hour long version. I fell asleep. I, I felt like I'm sure you <laughs> think I'm a huge dick. 
What a fucking dick needs sleeping boy. Yeah, yeah, it was funny running into you. That was good. Yeah, they just did one screening of the director's cut. Yeah, I think we seen the regular one before. Right. That's where I saw both of his movies with my daughter, who, with Midsommar, she's old enough, that's fine. But Hereditary was a little too hard at her age. She was pretty upset by it. But she's she's also doing fine. She likes the horror, which is good, because no one else in my family does. I mean, that's Coco's awesome. too young, but like Alex hates horror. But somehow, I pulled Ella in. Ella's 17 now. But like around 12 13 sort of sort of peppering it in and she got into it hereditary so. as a what was that she i was, guess she was like 13 she was like 14 or something maybe yeah it was a little much oh shit that's 14, scary 13 yeah yeah that would have <laughs> fucked was, me up for she sure. didn't feel so great afterwards and I, was, I was remember we were driving home she was like no i get how that's really good but like i'm like yeah i'm really i'm sorry please don't <laughs> stick your head out the window i know i'm never rolling down the windows in this car ever <laughs> again <Right. laughs> Never eating nuts or any ever again. No, I'm not a father, obviously, but I would much rather sit with my daughter through Hereditary than watch Midsommar with my daughter. All, all the sex oh, scenes stuff. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's true. Yeah. I don't know the birds and the bees. You gotta have the conversation. Thank you, Midsommar. You just yeah took care of that for yeah, me. Yeah, there were some weird. No, definitely. No, we t- we talked about that talked about the, when Alex finally just saw it. I was like, yeah, no, I know. Right, yeah, like the weird sex scene. Yeah, that's weird stuff that happens. You end up having to see that stuff with your kids. You don't want to purposefully, but. We tried to make too big a deal about it. I'm not going to watch like Boogie Nights with her or anything. <laughs> but, like a horror movie with some weird stuff. It's like, eh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, w- the- I wasn't judging you. <laughs> no, 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 I know. But I, you walk out of the theater and you're like, so what did you think? Like, uh, a lot of questions, pretty much. <laughs> a lot of questions. Are you going to offer me up when I'm of age? <laughs> yep. All so, right. S- speaking of newer horror, we're going to go ahead and switch gears into Censor, which is. A film. What year was it? 2021. 2021. Yeah. Directed um, by... Uh, well, she's from Wales, lives in the UK. Prano Bailey Bond is her name. Yep. Her first uh, full length. She has some shorts, which I want to kind of seek out and see now for sure. So this film is... Uh, just to kind of give a little a plot synopsis and we can talk about it more after... This film is set in the 1980s during the video nasties video in the UK. Nasty. And this is a time where the UK was banning and censoring a lot of the films. UK was kind of... I remember this as a kid that the UK would always not show movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They were on the list. And um, it's, it's the Thatcher era um, of that. The main character, Enid, is a censor and has to watch all these films to edit them for society now i noticed credits they did a driller killer um, dude i saw that i said that out loud i was like hey this driller killer which yeah, is one like of the- a montage sequence of some you know more well-known video nasties like i think deranged was in there too yep. um, yeah because they but, talk about deranged. yeah but they really yeah. uh center in on driller killer pretty hard yeah in it. well that that's because I, i'm pretty sure from what i was reading that that is the film that kind of triggered all of this to get as escalated as it did in the 80s there. So her and her people, they censor the movies. And she has apparently lost her sister in the past. And this, she finds some clues and she finds evidence that possibly her sister's still alive as an actress. And she goes after this. And that's basically the plot, right? Yeah, that's basically the plot. And it's... um. Hard to t- I mean, we're just starting to talk about it now, but it's hard to talk about the ending really without giving too much away. But we can kind of 
but we'll get there. But yeah, she goes to find her sister, and uh, but she's sort of unraveled by then. Yeah, very unraveled. Not sort of, very. Yes. The whole time she's, I, for a long time, there's this whole amnesia aspect to it, mm-hmm. where killers sometimes they'll kill and then they'll not know why they did it. They black out, so that kind of plays into it. Uh, yeah, adds a really cool element to it. All right, so basically, like what happens is, is uh, an incident happens where a guy kills his wife and kids and oh yeah they find that he's rented or has that one of the video nasties in his house so they immediately blame that and then they go to the censor office because they didn't edit it well enough so they want answers from her and that happens repeatedly you know a couple times throughout the movie and you know she's getting the pressure from work the pressure from the outside world and all the Meanwhile, she watches a film to edit, and she thinks she sees her sister, and she's trying to track down that director to see, you know, if that is in fact her sister, who was, um, I guess, uh, has been missing for uh, what two decades. Yeah, 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 yeah. This film itself feels like it could be a stage play at some points. There's very minimal background to it. It feels like colors. That drab office. Drab office. Very minimal, like, uh, even the stuff outside. It yeah, really drab cool. costumes also. Like, very drab. Everything's like olive, drab, right. grays, like, <laughs> oh, weird toast browns. Yeah, the weather is constantly dreary. It's just... Yeah, it's like always nighttime. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they're not... It's like f- they're in the crow. Everyone's <laughs> smoking in the, in the office. Oh, so yeah, right. Yeah. And, and on the train. Oh, my God. Train smoking. Yeah. I mean, I honestly couldn't tell it was the 80s unless they showed the clips and stuff to be... I mean, fashion has kind of come back that way. Like, her glasses and That's stuff. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, um, but they do know how to use color to make things pop when things are oh my getting god yeah that's what the thing i remember most about it the colors are like so vivid at times it's just you know it's really it's one one of the most appealing parts of the, the movie to me yeah at we the, know, very like very harsh like very argento-ish like suspiria like yeah harsh reds in like Technicolor. one part of the room and then harsh purple on the other side of the room yeah you're like wow that's awesome i kept writing i kept writing in my notes the colors my god the colors <laughs> so they shot it on film um which you know is a rarer and rarer thing although well yeah it isn't generally but the people who are getting who are get, re-getting into it again are getting into it and kind yeah. of making the bigger thing but so she's but for you know independent production from a first-time filmmaker it's cool she got to do it on film and then for the films within the film right Asunder and Don't Go in the Church, like the, the, the those movies, yeah. mm-hmm. they were shot on, I think, Super 8, maybe, oh, too. That's rad. So it wasn't like, which would have been fine if they did this, too. It wasn't like digital and make it look like that. Like, they used, they used, used different types of film stock to, to, to get the look. That's, that's really, really cool. awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of layers to this that, if you go back and watch, would probably be really impactful to know things like that. Because those details I really like. So... Yeah. And this is a magnet, I noticed. It's a magnet release, which they do everything, right? All yeah, over the they, board. Yeah, they're, they're like the Aero video magnet, like uh, like Shout Factory. They kind of do that whole, they run the gamut on like restoring old stuff and like putting out really cool shit or uh, compilations. Yeah. 
yep. series and stuff like that. Yeah, there was a period of time like when video stores were still a thing that whenever I would go and see Magnet on it, it was like, oh yeah, it's got to be good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that or Arrow Video. Arrow is another one you and, see. You're like, okay. And I was really into Tartan at the time too. Tartan Video. I thought they did some really good stuff, especially Tartan Asia Extreme. But Asia Extreme. Did anybody else get any kind of like weird eight millimeter vibes, like the movie Eight Millimeter? Yeah, dude, totally. Thank you, Duff. Yeah, I was. I I watched this twice, and it. I mean, not that it links up directly with that movie, but just his whole infatuation with that whole thing. Like, it's not the same story, but just that kind of vibe. It just kind of reminded me of the eight millimeter type situation. Oh yeah, and there are scenes like an eight millimeter and in sensor where it's like the person is watching this disturbing footage and you could see them slowly start to lose it in their own ways. Just going down and down and down. Well, that's the other thing. We're going to so many levels because obviously, you know, the people <laughs> who made this, well, not obviously, you feel like they're anti-thinking that horror films are, you know, responsible for violence. But they're playing with that notion so much, yes. which is kind of fascinating because her job is to like watch these intense images over and over in minute detail and then also she starts losing it and then has then gets violent yeah you know yeah. so that's kind of that's kind of funny uh the thing i wanted to mention about it the movie while it doesn't really have like a sense of humor per se it still has this vibe that i feel like you can only kind of get in a british movie where it's just, like just off enough like it's not even even before it gets truly surreal where it's not in reality because it's like the stuff with like people calling knowing that's the censor who let the movie out and all you know it get, it's getting like that's not realistic you know yeah like how did you get that number but in, it in 1983 yeah exactly but what yeah. is but I thought was kind of funny and this is just doing a limited about, amount of research about, about the movie um, like you know they, they keep showing like their notes they're taking all the time like she's like you know uh, you know, screw, uh, too much screwdriver uh, in the eye or whatever, you know, like writing different things. So they're, the actual um, British Board of Film Classification, which was like the institute where they were like doing all this. Yeah. So the filmmakers went to their archives and there's all these notes. And she, and she said she started to see like different patterns of like how different people would like write what they wanted to cut and they would initial them. And you started to see like, th- so... I wonder, you know, there's all these little minor characters in the office that have little sort of personality quirks, and yep. you know, the one the guy that wants to try to go out with her, and the one mm. guy who doesn't really give a shit about cutting, right? As much exactly. Yeah. So I think they they didn't just whole hog invent them; they actually went through paperwork, and I think maybe sort of created characterizations based on how people were, that's really how they cool. worked as censors. Wow. That's intense. That no, was a crazy. lot of research for this. Little yeah. film. That was go Eddie, yay! Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that was awesome. well, I, I mean from them too. Yeah, Eddie, oh, yeah, awesome. from them more so than me, I think. I mean, it's about even. Even it's about even. Yeah, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. We're gonna have to step our game up after this goddamn oh, podcast. Oh god! <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming by, Eddie. Uh, no more. See yourself I, out the window. I was just looking forward to having a beer and you know uh, bullshitting for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even drinking beer. You lie. Yeah, I know. Can we just talk about ghoulies? I, if I knew you were drinking, <laughs> I would have grabbed a beer. I love this guy that plays Michael Smiley. Plays this. Oh my God! I love Michael Smiley. He's what, in like what is his character? Right. He's is he a, a producer. producer? He's the producer. Yeah. He's a producer right. for this Frederick. Uh, what's his name? North. North. Frederick North. Yep. Uh, he comes in and he has this weird um, kind of rapport with her 
where he's just kind of a slime ball mm-hmm. and treats her like shit. That dude rules, by the way. He was I know him from Spaced. He was tired. Yeah, exactly. Space. It's the bike courier. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the rate, and he's super ADD. He's like, oh, look, there's Madonna. He's like, what? Okay, bye. And he's <laughs> always like going to raves. Dude, I love that dude. Uh, yeah. He is uh, a mainstay in Ben Wheatley movies. I and I really like that director. He was in yeah. one of my favorites. Uh, it's basically a, a weird version of Wicker Man. It's called Kill List. Have you ever seen that? Yes. I love that movie. Yeah. I think he's fantastic in it. It's great. And, That's you great know, movie. A Field in England. A Field too. in England. Yeah. Um, He's in Luther. Do you ever watch that show? He's a really small part in Luther. Mm-hmm. That uh, Idris Elba, like uh, British homicide yeah. detective show. Yeah. yeah, he's like the computer guy that shows up every once in a while. That's awesome. He's also yeah. like the villain in um, that Elijah Wood movie uh, came out two years ago that Come to Come Daddy. Come to Daddy. That's right. He was in he that. Had, the guy, he had the shit pin. With the, yeah. <laughs> he oh, with God. The shit pin. I like that movie. <laughs> Especially the first half. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he has some connection, she thinks, to her sister. Um, it come to find out because he's he directly related. What? He gives her a film to edit, and that's where. Yeah. Doesn't he like request her? Does he request her to be the one? To mm-hmm. be? Yeah. Well, he's also he's like eye fucking her too while right. he's there. He's yeah. being the slime ball, but he's like, oh yeah, I have a picture for you to yeah. do whatever too, and uh, <laughs> maybe you should come over and do more of my films after yeah, he's, hours. He's, kind he's, of. He says, I, "I want you to." He says, "I want you to be in my films," and she says, "I don't want to be like." raped and stabbed to death in your movies and she's and then he says the public would love it <laughs> like well you sold me you know what where is your house do you live alone do you have security no doors eh okay what time at, what time one o'clock or three o'clock in the morning will be back yeah because enid the main character really believes in this cause of censoring yeah it's like a big uh i don't know it's like a conviction of hers i guess yeah, no. She remember she tells her at one point she tells her parents about the movie. She was just distracted about a movie she saw earlier, and like, oh, is it is it good? She's like, I do this. It's not entertainment. Uh, yeah, I do this to protect the people. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's any scene where she's eating with her family. It's so awkward. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, her parents are very dry. Well, and the, the, they're trying to the get dad. her to move on. You know, yeah. and she. I mean, they're both. It's it's a awkward tense situation i mean you hand somebody you hand your daughter their sister's birth or death certificate and that is just the most awkward way to say hey let's move on from this but it's been 20 years man it's not healthy at this point you know but handing a death certificate out you could just talk about it you know (laughs) yeah and then the mom is like we should get the fish they cover (laughs) they cover that because they say we've gone over this a hundred yeah. times. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. It's like, well, I'm still not over it. And guess what? I saw her in a movie today. You know, I think it's her. You know, the, it's coincidental. This, like, we want you to sign the death certificate. And it's like, no, I just saw her in a film today. Or I think it could be her. I know you think I'm crazy, but. Yeah. Or I think I saw her on the subway also. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. Yeah. She was chasing the girl that. on the subway. Any girl with, like, uh, long red hair. She's like, hey, you're messing. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. It's like. The actress that she's obsessed about being her sister is Alice Lee. Really, a lot of the actors I don't know in this film, um, except for that one guy. Um, yeah, the, the the Lee girl, uh, Enid, she looked super familiar, but I looked her up and I don't, I haven't seen her in anything. No. Not that I can. Yeah, think she's of. Irish. I mean, I she's, she's on some TV shows that I haven't seen, for sure. She's yeah. like a uh, Mar Rooney. 
a very yes familiar exactly. face kind of maybe that's what i'm thinking about yeah i thought the same thing too when i looked it up i was like oh she's been in something and looked at her imdb and i was like oh nope i don't know who this right. person is um we move through she starts putting pieces together after she sees this film she's really triggered by this girl killing her sister with an axe, right? And it's that, pretty fucking brutal, dude. Like, it goes on for it, it. It makes you feel like she's repressing that in her mind, like she killed her sister. Well, yeah, she also keeps flashing back to when she's a child. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, because I guess they were, you know, maybe uh, ventured away from their house and were at an, another abandoned house. They were playing there, doing like some game. Yeah, playing some game. And then it cuts, it alludes to like someone picked her up or something's happened. You don't know, but she's not there. Disappear. Anymore, she, yeah. she was a, she disappeared. Because well, there's the guy who you see later, right? And there's flashes of like this guy being in the house too. Yeah. Beast man. Yeah. The beast man. Beast man, let me. <laughs> well, real quick, I call I called him like werewolf Peter Steele, <laughs> dude. I immediately was like, okay, when was this made? Because he looks just like type of negative Peter Steele. Yeah, oh, I was wow. like, holy does, shit. Do you remember the name of the movie that she sees her sister in? Is... Um, oh, don't, go in, don't go in the church. Yeah, don't go in the okay. church. Just curious. And then she gets the address. She's still looking. She's looking for answers. When she's the, it starts really like amping up, and her she starts breaking down. She goes to the video store trying to find some of the video nasties. Oh yeah, she's like scoping out a video store and sees someone return a video nasty, and she's like, "I got to get this thing." In you know, the guy at the store clerk's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." She's isn't she trying to bribe him? Then it's like, well, uh sure you'll get shut down if the police happen to find out that you have video yeah. nasties and so he uh, he he lets her have it I'm assuming don't go in the church mm-hmm. yeah but, but isn't that weird because I thought that's no the movie he gives her the he gives her the other movie Asunder, the, okay. um, that's, Asunder. That, yeah. that's where I was confused okay. which one I thought it was called uh, for some reason arbitrary came out like it's called arbitrary <laughs> <laughs> like, Asunder never mind <laughs> it's a legal thriller I don't know yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an LA law movie. It's great. Well, so she winds up going to the producer's house though, because she wants to find this filmmaker and get this explanation. Because she's convinced at this point that her sister is in these movies. Yep, she is one hundred percent convinced. Right, so that's why that's why she winds up at she goes to the producer's house, Michael Smiley's. Yeah, house. So, which he is like pumped. He's like, I knew she'd come around. Right, and it's like I the, think it's my, like the middle I, of the night. I, I, I think one of my favorite things besides everything in his house it's like when you open the door this, this the whole door is just glass yeah. so you can just see everything there's a door for the the beast man movie and the tagline of the movie is you're probably going to die <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's like the best fucking tagline to a movie that's awesome i, I yeah. think ever i don't know why that wasn't ever used in, or if it needs to be used in it's most things these days right <laughs> when i when i first to the point, dude. You're probably gonna fucking die. Like when I first I, saw that poster, I thought it was the guy from Last Action Hero, the bad guy on the roof. Oh yeah. god, the <laughs> guy from Game of Thrones. He had the smiley eye. Yeah, Charles Don. No, no, not that guy. Oh, the raincoat guy. Yeah, oh, the, that guy oh, scared god, me I as a kid. About that guy. Yeah, he was terrifying. That was Tom Noonan. Yeah. yeah, he was in uh, Lord of Illusions. He was. He was, uh, he was Swan. Uh, um. So she. He goes to. He. 
she goes to the producer's house and confronts him about it and wants the information and he just tries to uh, thinks that she's there for sex or something she drinks like three drinks really fast too. dude yeah. like a whole glass of scotch like, <laughs> like almost almost like I threw up like I almost threw up out of my nose a little bit I was like oh yeah it's weird like, it's isn't it raining? She shows a like soaking wet. She's obviously distraught. Right. And, it's like a she's like a cliche. Right. Like yeah. yeah. And he's a cliche too because he's like, oh yeah, you finally came over here, huh? Yeah. I know what you oh, must man. want. But then he gets like super. Then he beca- then he becomes a sexual predator, yeah. aggressor, big like big time. They fall, and he oh he falls ooh, beautifully, <laughs> perfectly on this statue <laughs> that has an axe. <laughs> And is uh, stabbed directly through his throat and out of his mouth, and it's yeah, it's like a. It, I can't remember what he says. It is. It's like a. It looks like an award trophy. It's like a lady right. holding an axe over her head, and he's like showing it to her. And I couldn't make out what he said. And he falls into it. And I, I love just dumb effects like this. Like mm-hmm. you, this doesn't. This can't happen ever. Right. But I love it when it does happen. <laughs> this whole trophy that's, it's got like a woman holding it. Like it can't protrude. It could go through glass, but not a, a skull in the mouth and all that shit. It goes like through his head, out of his mouth, and he's like, oh! And so it comes all the way out, and it shows him like his piss in his pants, and he's yeah. <laughs> And then she's like, thank you for the whiskey, and then she just bounces, like, bye, I'm done. Yeah, she has a, an emotional, like, she's like, I. it's almost like she realizes she has to do this shit to get her sister. Yeah. She's just, just like, thank you so much for uh, all the hospitality. See you later, bud. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy because it's like you're sitting there and you're wondering because it takes a second before she even reacts. Like, how is she going to react to this? It doesn't freak her out. It's just like, it's like, well, this is the mission. Here's oh, where I'm, she sees it every day at work. It's, it. Yeah, yeah, that is I true. Even think about that. Yeah. Desensitized. Yeah. And she there even gets go. blood she on her face, Dustin. right? Like whenever he's like, <clears throat> you know, coughing she it up, sprayed on her. Oh yeah, so she's like, face. you know, she maybe looks a little shooken up, but it's like, oh, this is. Like any other day for me, uh, you know. And this is also the first violent thing that happens in the movie world, too. Beyond, like, the movies she's seen or, like, flashes of, like, Dream or whatever. Like, this is... And it's pretty deep into the movie. There's actually no, like, you know, nothing physical or violent inside the movie until this point, which is getting to, like, towards the end. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the film is 88 minutes, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's like an hour and 23. It's it's, it's it's pretty pretty short. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Very good uh, pacing. Yeah. Yeah, she goes to the archive where that uh, that old lady is, and she gets the file, and she's like, uh, and the lady's like, you can't do that. You're not authorized. And she's like, everything's under control. And she's like distraught, like visually distraught. And she's got that fucking man on a mission, like thousand-yard stare eyes. Like she's yeah. got shit to do. And so she just fucks off, and she's going to uh, North's place uh, because she, uh, Doug told her that, they were filming the sequel to Don't Go in the Church I, I, one more time uh, <laughs> it, down near his house. So she's like, I'm going there. So she goes. Oh, don't go back into the church. Well, don't you dare go back in the woods again. Michael Smiley's character actually mentions that this will be Alice Lee's final film and that uh, they have a special surprise for her, blah, blah, blah. Um and that kind of sends Enid on this like trip of oh shit they're gonna kill my sister or get rid of her you know, which a lot of like weird miscommunication. Yeah, right. Like, she like, thinks she's gonna go rescue her. Yeah, yeah. Like she's being like these are snuff movies and she's being like held. Then, but at the same time, then why didn't she die any of in any of those other right. films? But it, yeah. oh, sorry. Well, he says that she's 
she's had her time. She's done. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, so it's, you're kind of washed up. You're done. Yeah. We're, we're done using you. So, and then she's just like, "What are you gonna do to my sister?" Oh she, yeah, when she shows up there, isn't there like a pro, like a uh, what are they called? The, the like a a costume manager that is like immediately just grabs her and puts yeah like oh, a yeah dress the makeup artist like, yeah, yeah and, and then like a craft services table was outside yeah. and- so right I just want to say well, so when she gets here obviously things take another like really weird turn and yeah she gets there and I'm like what the hell is going on there's this trailer and this weird woman at a distance and then make it everything <laughs> yes. it starts getting like dream like that's you don't know like is this how it's really happening is this really going on because it has like this tonal shift it's not severe but from that and then she's in the makeup chair with the weird lady and the lady's very kind of despondent and slow to like she knows something's going on yeah she's like very odd or is this like yeah is this a perception or a dream and then she wants she's she's in the and then she winds up in the woods the director yeah well I, i think we need to mention that enid the the makeup artist thinks that Enid is Alice Lee. She dresses her up like that. She's like, where have you been? I've been waiting on you. Yeah, Puts she, her in the chair, dresses her up like that. And Alice and, seems to uh, almost, or Enid, excuse me, seems to almost be floating <clears throat> floating through these scenes, you know? You just see her, in, you know, just kind of gliding up to this and then put in these situations, and she's trying, I guess, to figure it out. And yes, that's exactly what happens when she meets with the hair and makeup person. It's like, you know, where have you been? You know, that we think, I, we assume that she thinks she's Alice and sends her on her way to the director. And what, at but it's this, like she's just like, she, yeah, like she's just being compelled to like do this. It's like not, yeah, like her body's yeah, just moving. Right. That's why I place. feel like she's like floating. I was going to say too that this is the part where it feels like the film becomes the movie. Like, it's kind of teetering back and forth into, is she in the movie? Mm-hmm. Or is this actually happening? Kind of like her, her sanity. Is, it, is she yeah, going crazy or is there, you know? Yeah, it's like what Eddie said. It's like, is this reality, you know? It, it's like, yeah, it started feeling like Twin Peaks Firewalk with me at yeah. this point. Like, I, the wood setting, the lighting gets intense. I was going to say here. David Lynch about and the, the uh, makeup makeup artist. Right from she, that moment. Yeah. From the moment, yeah, she's she's committed now. Like she's full on committed yeah. to whatever she was trying to do. Right, the way the makeup artist is talking is not. It's just not regular. The rhythms and the words are like off and wrong. Like everybody is in David Lynch world, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when she, and then when then she she goes to the director, and also the way he's speaking. It's like this 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 can't be real, and it just feels like you don't know if what you're watching is happening, or if it's like a dream or a perception of what's happening, yeah. which. Which we'll get there, but then you realize, yeah, there's a lot about the perception of what's happening. Yep. So she takes off into the woods after being dressed because that guy comes up to the window and is like, hey, we need her on set immediately. And I remember that she pulls the newspaper down and hides it. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, she, it said uh, Video Nasty's editor found out about to secret pleasure and it was a picture of her in the video store like buying a video nasty and she was all like oh like looking over her shoulder so it was like a so you know i found you out you you're a, you're a nasty you're nasty <laughs> why would it be a big deal if she was doing that well i think they're, they're like 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 blowing it 
up, but like you, like you could get arre- like, yeah, but you could get yeah. arrested for like having these movies. Right? Shouldn't the store be in trouble? Not yeah, her since that's her yeah. job. Well, because that's the scandal of it is that she's supposed to be, you know, censoring this stuff and making it illegal, and she's buying it. Right? I okay, mean, this was so. a panic at the time. They people oh, really thought. Oh yeah, that they these movies of... were going to disturb everyone who watched them. Oh yeah, so. you were going to kill yourself or kill other people. Yeah, it's kind of like was, uh, they would say it affects like the... your dog. There's like a literal a, someone like <laughs> on the council <laughs> said like on television like this will affect your children and it might even affect your dog. <laughs> Just your dog. Cats and fish and ferrets are fine. Yeah, this was like the PMRC in America and and like everywhere else and like the filthy 15 and the satanic panic, like all that shit kind of situation, but in the UK. It started feeling very much like The Ring. If you watch this video, you're going to die. You're You're probably going to (laughs) die. Yeah, you're going to put your mom's head in a microwave or something. (laughs) So she takes off after hiding the paper and she goes out in the woods to, to meet the director yeah. and she, she's just wandering the, these just lit woods and there's just a light just a little stage light just boop out there and she goes out there and she hears a voice of uh the director mr uh north mr north is a creepy bastard and you can't see his face and he has a camera and he's just like antagonizing her to like act out some kind of get your inner inner demon out and show it to me kind of thing and it's really an odd kind of um exchange because you're like is this dude a fucking is he really making snuff films because you're you're very like it's ambiguous at this point very very calm voice very just like show me what you have to do and let out your inner beast and don't hold back and you're guarded and that comes from a place of fear and she's like no and then he's like and then he's trying <laughs> to get impression. her to he's trying to get her to emote because you know she's an actor and he's a director and that's what he thinks and you know or, or maybe it isn't and then he just loses and he's like oh come on and you're like holy shit what's happening see i'm confused about how and why he was even interacting with her because if she's not really there's no way he really thought that that was Alice Lee, right? Was that a no, hallucination on her part? No, she was supposed to be the sister. Uh, the, I guess the other actress that was supposed to be there the other day, because Alice Lee is—I mean, she's coming up soon, so she was already there. I mean, you think he would have so, met, but maybe he thought the producer was just sending some girl that he hadn't met yet, or some woman. Yeah, just like okay. some random yeah. unknown scream queen or scream. Yeah, that's right, because they did say that uh, I mean, most I, of the cast didn't even show up. Like right, yeah. The producer yeah. hadn't showed up because he had a trophy through his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense then. Well, but still, it has that well, thing where like all the all the timing of everything is just like it's really convenient, but like in a way that's really just serving like the point and the story they're trying to make, and like it just keeps you know you're not in reality, right? <laughs> and then she she goes to this cabin. The one that she keeps seeing, I guess it's in the film. Yeah. The one with the steps up where she sees the man in there all the time. And the sisters go to it in the first film. And then she has the flashbacks of it as well. And also, it's this is the one from, like, Don't Go in the Church. Is this the church? Because like, <laughs> it looks like a – it looks like – a cabin trailer? A small, yeah, it looks like a small trailer, mm-hmm. but up on, like, a lot of fucking cinder blocks, like, way up high. 
like it doesn't look like a church. I mean, it could be a church, you know, whatever. Well, it's like I thought it backwoods church, you know. Yeah. yeah. I've unfortunately been to some of those. So. Yeah, Davidson County Church or something like that. Well, better go north. Mount Airy. Yeah. They're going to drink some snake poison in there. Snake snake venom. Yeah, so she gets there and she goes in and immediately you meet uh Peter Steele. Beast man. What's his Beast name? Beast man. Yeah, Beast man. And he's, he's like, got a, a big face happening. Yeah, so much face, <laughs> a lot of brow, uh, yeah. a lot of built-up brow. Big, ro- big Robert Dazar type face going on from Maniac Cop. He looks like uh, he was in a full moon uh, movie at some point, and I'm sure he was. He embraces her. He's like, "Oh, I've missed you." You want to let Eddie wrap up the movie? Well, I don't know. Ending. Do I? <laughs> You guys have seen it much more recently than me. I know it was only two. Weeks, I never but... finished the movie, so this is. What? I I kind of just want to hear what happens. Oh, it's you exciting! It's it's, I, it's pretty exciting. I didn't see the end. I went to the theater to see Censor with my girlfriend, and we got a little tr- day drunk, and she was really really bored. I was kind of bored too, but mainly because the drunkenness, I guess. So we ended up leaving and playing uh, this Jurassic Park game and shooting hoops and <laughs> little arcade. <laughs> I'm, at the Grand. It was. Yeah, it only played there for like a weekend. Oh. But, I mean, talking about it has made me really want to re-watch it. I thought it was good. It's really good. There is a part about this. So she's having this dialogue with the guy, and something antagonizes her that he says or does. That m- she says He says like the same thing pretty much that the director said. He said that, you know, you have something rotten inside you you need to you need to let it out and i don't know why you're holding back and embrace embrace what's inside you oh yeah and And then then she's like her sister's on the floor next to him and it looks like he's gonna hurt her Mm -hmm. she picks up the axe picks up the axe bam right in the chest with it Dude. And he's like, he's like, this isn't in the script. This isn't in the script. Yeah. So, so you're kind of right then. You're like, oh wait, but they're she, not on board. But she keeps on, right? It's well, like- before that happens, before she keeps on, he lays down, and she looks down <laughs> in the middle of his chest, and there's this face in the wound, and it's like, I, did you hear what it said, Andy? It, it sounded like it said, "I am the horror." Yes, I, that's the closest I could because his accent was really thick, and it, it sounded like it was like. I am the horror. And then she just started fucking just whacking that same wound over and over again to kill that, whatever that was, that hallucination she had. And Alice Lee is freaking the fuck out because, and the director comes up and everybody's like, holy shit, what is going on here? Like, yeah, there's like sound guys and cameramen in the corner, like puking. Which you didn't see any of that before. You know, you didn't see anybody in the room with them except for those three people, Mm. which after she kills him and stabs him in the chest, all that kind of fantasy breaks. It, it all breaks, like. but isn't that weird though? In that moment, in, the, in your head, like what it was like. It took me a minute to really get that she was really, because I'm not thinking like they're gonna have like a real axe on set or whatever. Like, and then there was the face thing, so it's still like, oh, this is like some weird that everyone's sort of freaking out, and she keeps chopping. It's like, wait, she really just walked up into this movie set yeah, like, and started like, axing you don't believe everyone. It. Like, you don't believe it yet. You're like, I don't know. There was a talking axe wound a second ago, yeah. so I'm not, I don't think I'm really out of fantasy land yet. Like, I could be wrong, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, so then she chases. Overactive pacemakers. Like, I don't know. 
this is this is the big the big uh, reveal thing. She's chasing Alice. Alice is scared shitless. Yeah. Enid is like, "Look, chill, man. You're my sister. Let's hang out." You know? <laughs> yeah, basically. It's been like While two she's holding decades. an axe, and covered in blood. <laughs> Come back to yeah. my house. I got, I got Mario Kart. Come on, man. And she continues to hold it menacingly. Also, yeah, yeah. It's not, she never throws it down. She's not like just hang it to the side. She's like, no. Come with me. <laughs> they're they're like running through mud and shit, and yeah. she's still holding on to it. She is until the very end. Like, and Alice uh, falls down, and they talk, and basically says, "You're not my fucking sister. I have a sister, and she's definitely not you." And she's like, "No, it has to be real. It has to be real." Yeah, and she's like you laying have there. To be her. You have to be her. And um, she pulls out like a weird remote from her. Like the, the the movie does like a weird it looks like the tracking changes like on a VHS yeah like, and then she pulls out like a a weird uh, well that remote, is that is the sensor that is the sensor thing that they cut the movie yeah. with and she pulls it out and a big bright light comes out and she's laying on the ground and Alice comes out of the light and she's like changed she's like oh I am your sister kind of thing and they get in a car together. And the whole picture of the film changes, like yeah. the whole color. It's, it's sunny, saturated. There's a rainbow in the sky, and she's, which harkens back oh. to the video store. I don't know if you guys remember. There's a brief moment before she, she's looking at the at the videos, she either looks at or picks up this like really crazy, like over the top, yeah. family friendly yeah, looking yeah. video where there's a rainbow on it and like a happy family. Yeah, and that's exactly what it looks. I like. never linked that to that. That's uh, yeah, because like one day, what does it say? Like one day there'll be a something or yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Did it say one day there'll be a rainbow or one day? There'll... Yeah, one day there'll be a rainbow, and yeah. I'm like, why is this a thing? Yeah, why did they show what? it? And, yeah, and then her she hallucinates it. One of my favorite parts of this film is this scene because it's it's really great. Yeah, she's driving in the car. On. She's smiling. She's so happy. She's got her sister back. They they're in the seat together next to each other, and her sister's smiling, looking out the window, and you get these cuts in so the quick. film so quick flashes of her. Like what's really happening? Yeah, and it's really flash, uh, really quick flash, but it's gray and blue tones. And instead of the smiling face leaning out the window, it's Alice is screaming like, ah, "Help me! Get out of here!" And they're driving the car, and you see them. It's, they don't do it a lot, but that was kind of like really eerie to me. Oh, so also, I was so disturbed by the ending of this movie. I did feel it was one of those when it ended, like, and I watched it by myself, like late, and I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, un- it was very weird, unsettling. The ending. Yeah, of this. Also, a weird situation with the car ride is that the radio is playing, and it's like a reporter talking about like all the video nasties have been erased and all crime is down in England. Actually a hundred percent. And all the people are still in jail. There's nothing to be afraid of anymore. And yeah. it's like, we always said video nasties were the blame for everything. You're like, okay. Yeah. This is fucked. Yeah. Like, this is super fucked. <laughs> yeah. They, she's taking her to her parents' house to oh, so God. show them that, oh, God. that she's finally got the sister, you know, so awkward. And yeah, it's more awkward than the dinners. <laughs> yeah, like, way here's more a stranger. Awkward. Let's go eat. Let's go eat now. That lovely restaurant. But it's like the way they're presenting it. Like it's just that it's normal. Just you look at these little flashes, you know. Yeah, and you see them get out of the car and they're walking happily over to the parents. The parents are standing in, standing in the yard and shit. And then um, Alice goes up to the parents, like, "Oh, I love you." And and uh, Enid's standing out in the street just smiling like, oh, yeah, wonderful. And then you see more of the cuts of Alice is, like, begging them to help her get the fuck out of here. And looking back at Enid, 
And the parents are just like, what the fuck is going on? So you see those flashes a couple times. And then Enid finally just turns around towards the camera and walks. And that's basically and She laughs. It. She breaks the fourth wall and, like, laughs. Yeah. And bam. And, and another great thing about this, the very end of the film is eject on a, a VHS tape coming out of a VCR, and it says censor. It says censor. Yeah, rad. like that the whole was thing rad. was a movie, and you see it eject. That was really cool. It's cool when a movie figures out how to be stylish and not obnoxiously stylish. Not right. that I don't mind obnoxiously stylish. <laughs> I'll still bite on that sometimes. But like this movie had so much style and like sort of like just they know like what they're messing with when they do all this stuff. But it never was like weird, heavy-handed. It's right. like, it felt like right, you know. It felt. Um, I liked the film. It was very good. Um, I didn't know if I was going to like it. I had no context to it. and uh, But I ended up really liking it. I would watch this again for sure. I um, I, I liked it a lot. I appreciate you, Eddie, for, for bringing it to my attention. Um, I famously don't yes. like you know, super psychological, like artistic horror. Not that it's bad. It's great. I, I like it, but it's not like what I, it's not like what I show up for. It's not what I seek out. Um, but I, I do respect it and I do like it. It's just not my, my, my whole thing. Uh, this was really good. I like it because not only did it not, you know, outstay its welcome, but it's a movie that knew what it was. It got its point across in, in under an hour and a half, which is rad. Uh, it looked fucking rad. It looks so good. Uh, I like any movie that deals with censorship on like this level because, I mean, this was a real thing. This is a real thing. And, and it was a big uh, thing in the 80s. I mean, it's always been a thing for like horror and, you know, this kind of genre. I like that it kind of write it on that small level of it being in a world that was real but also unreal and it never kind of gave you the sense of well i'm in like essex london or like whatever like you were just in anywhere at any time and it's it it, it didn't drag too much on the story and the plot and give you like a, a shit ton of backstory it was like this is what's happening these are the bad people this is what's going on or what you think of the bad people. And the fact that it yeah. was about horror and like unabashedly horror, but yet still you could see it be considered amongst like the stuff you're saying, like the more modern artsy horror or whatever, it's in that realm. But compared to like you were saying, like an Ari Aster who's like could like be playfully be like, Oh, it's not a horror movie. This filmmaker, she definitely is like, Oh no, I know a lot about horror movies and like here's a movie here's a horror movie about a very specific thing that horror movie like fans yeah, understand. Right. And that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of beautiful. And I think knowing, or I don't know necessarily her age, but these people more than likely lived through some of this. Um, yeah. I just read that early. She's 39. So she lived yeah. through the banning of these movies and watched how yeah. crazy people went about it. You know what she said? One of her influences on this was a movie that you have a hat for a hat of, the Beyond. The Beyond. Oh yeah, she's a big oh. fan of The Beyond. I can see why it looks the way it does now, because that movie has a lot of that color tonage. Mm -hmm. Eddie, you were happy with it? Yeah, I was. I mean, I de it definitely caught me off guard. It was, uh, I, I had certain expectations from the trailer, and it sort of ex exceeded those those expectations. Um, I uh, I look forward to her next movie, which apparently I actually just saw. She just got signed on for another movie that sounds like a genre movie it's about um 
I'm not sure exactly what it's about, but it was it's something about like a place where only women live. It's like, and these men come around and mess stuff up, and something ensues afterwards. Mm-hmm. So a, a horrific cool. battle of the sexes of some of some sort. Um, but I'm glad people are you know seeing this movie for sure. And that there's um and there's more and more women making horror movies, which I think is a great thing. More women making movies in general, but it's good when um you know genre folks have that too because it can be such a male dominated thing. It's produced by a female and directed by yeah. a female. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I think that's good. But no, I was really I was really happy with it. It caught me by surprise. Like I said, that ending stuff is just so freaking eerie. Um, and as Andy said too, I like that. I like a good long movie for sure. I'm fine, but like I do sometimes wish people would bang out more like really good 80 90 minute movies and when i see a movie like this it reminds me hey it can be done you know no, um, it can yeah. super it can super duper be gone and it, it can also be really good I and mean, that's half the reason i don't even watch like comedies anymore because like everyone thinks they're making a masterpiece it's like you'll see like the runtime on like you know a comedy not just judd apatow he's the worst right but like, <laughs> other comedy movies would be like why is this comedy <laughs> worst, right? two hours and ten minutes or like you know it's not a mark like can you just Get the jokes in in like an hour and a half or whatever. It's yeah. more of a, the genre yeah. movies. They should sometimes be short. It's like they're trying. Yeah, we're we're comic comedic geniuses, but we want to show you we can add in the drama element too, right? Yeah, like it they, gets so boring. You're, you're exactly need that. right on that. I, yeah, comedies especially. They they follow that Hollywood trope bullshit way too much now. You remember yeah. movies like uh, Half Baked was just like. It's just funny. Bam, bam, right. bam, bam. Yeah, funny. it's like, like you're stuck. smoking weed. It's funny. You're really bam. making a point with the comedy and stuff. It's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. with the horror and stuff, it can, it, it, it can, it can be like that too. But uh, yeah, no, I really like this one. I would suggest it to anyone. Nice. Sure. Oh yeah. I mean, well, for me, since I didn't finish it, I'm definitely gonna rewatch the movie now. I kind of, I re- like after I, I saw, I saw the majority of it. And then I went on Wikipedia and read what happens, which did not go into detail at all. I was just like, it's discovered. Alice is not her sister. The end. And, <laughs> but that sounds really, really cool. I kind of almost chose not to rewatch it because I wanted to hear you guys tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm so, so, but from what you guys have told me, uh, I'm definitely going to, it's pushed me to uh, re, uh, rewatch that for sure. Definitely rewatch. Watch it, Dustin. It's fun. You should rewatch the end right now. I mean, I, I probably <laughs> will after this is over. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you, Eddie, for coming by and sharing this experience with us. It's been quite a pleasure. I hope you could do it again sometime. Thank you for having me. I would love to do it again. Yeah, we got to do thank the you, fly Eddie. and the fly too. Right? Yeah, fly, fly. Double two. header. Oh boy, that's gonna be like a six-hour episode. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Actually, no, Eddie. Eddie's gonna bring the. Uh, the uh, class to this podcast and do art house horror for us. He's going to pick that every time. <laughs> I've tried to do that, but you said that wasn't welcome. Well, now we've opened up a can <laughs> Thanks, of worms. Eddie, you just broke well, it was between... We go. you know, okay, we gotta go, bye! Yeah. <laughs> it, was between, it was between Censor or uh, Brain Damage or Return of the Living Dead 3, so I can get with the, with the other vibe, too. Oh, you know? man! Next, that's why you gotta have me back. You gotta have me back, Ooh. homie. Dude, I just want to get Andy that. to watch movies made in this decade if we can, you know. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. the <laughs> shit? I do. I, I saw. I saw. I saw Center and. Um, I watched Zombie Land. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I watched Zombie Land too. Double tap, <laughs> which was fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, watch Daniel and I tried to watch it and turned it off. I just fell asleep. It sucks. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, I didn't try. 
I watched it uh, in Minnesota because Allie was out of town, and I was like, I'm bored. I want to watch a movie. And I was sitting in the theater. I was like, I want to leave so bad to go play the time crisis machine out in the lobby right now. <laughs> yeah, all right. So Dustin's going to tell us the taglines for the film. So I'm not finding a list like I normally can. I just see the one from the poster, which is, you can't edit reality. I like that good. one. And it's, uh, I was reading here, too, that this movie was preceded by the director's short called Nasty. And it's uh, the premise for that is short film set in 1982. 12-year-old Doug is drawn into the lurid world of VHS horror as he explores the mysterious disappearance of his father. So probably that sounds pretty cool. That's cool, yeah. Eddie, what do you have going on that we need to know about? What do I have going on you need to know about? I'll tell, tell you us. <laughs> I'll tell you, motherfucker. Throw your headphones um, down. My music pro- musical project, 1970s film stock, I have a new record coming out, and it's the uh, first one that I recorded in a real deal studio and first one that's being pressed to vinyl. Um, Ooh, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's called Third Anthem. Artwork on the front from our all of our friend John Foster. Nice, um, awesome. Yeah, and I should have them in my hands. Hopefully, in in, uh, in uh, this fall, they'll be out. Fall, hell yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm excited about that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Are you self-releasing, or do you have? Is there a label? I'm self-releasing this awesome. one. Yeah, so I've had oh, the pre-orders will be up and everything, and uh, it'll be available in record shops across the state, and uh, yeah, available to order online and at shows. Because those are happening again a little bit. Yes, shows. Yay, shows. What is this show? <laughs> I get to fold. I get to fold my arms again. <laughs> <laughs> so check out Eddie's project, 1970s film stock. And Eddie, what's our tagline here? I'm gonna do one from Censor that I wrote down. Do it. I've kept in most of the screwdriver stuff. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I wrote that down too. Yeah. I was like, after everything she said, she's like, I kept in most of the screwdriver stuff. I was like, I want that on a t shirt. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, what do you want? Thanks everybody for checking out the podcast. We are streaming on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Go give us a follow and be a pal. Give us a review. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Video Dread Pod and on Instagram at Video Dread Podcast.